God is good, amen? amen. That's his nature. Wow. Amen. Wow. The thief, which we know in John 10, 10 tells the thief is Satan. And it tells them that he goes about stealing, killing, destroying. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Amen. Amen. I'm grateful for abundant life. How about you? Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Lord, I'm grateful for this word. Hallelujah. You wrote through Solomon. You said it is life and hell to all our flesh. We thank you for the word. Hmm. Hallelujah. Our founding pastor, he's ministering in St. Louis this morning. So, Father, we lift him up to you today, and we just thank you, Lord, that you're speaking a word through him in season at Church on the Rock. And I just thank you, Father, that he will operate in the seeing and the knowing. And I thank you that that church will receive him. And as they receive him, I thank you that their eyes will be open, their faith will be built up, and they'll be established in the word. And they will receive, and they will be able to see exactly what you have in store for them in the days ahead. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Also got word this morning from Kyle and, and Brittany. They're in India. And they're going out into the different villages and uh, they're doing all still behind the scenes work for the outreaches and the crusades that they're doing. So can we lift them up as a church family as well? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Kyle and Brittany and their entire team as they're in India. I thank you, Father, that you are opening doors for them that no man can shut. I thank you for even all the salvations that are taking place now as they go from village to village from business to business, that you're setting things up for an extraordinary move of God. Lord, we thank you that word, that signs and wonders follow the word preached. So we thank you for blind eyes opening, deaf ears hearing, every bondage to be broken off of their lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 3 John. 3 John. And there's a few things I want to just kind of convey from last week. So we talked about becoming the, that the message that I preached last week, there was such a weightiness to it. Did you receive something? Amen. You know, and, um, and this is, I believe, preparing us for the days ahead. We have to see church isn't this other segment of my life that I go to on Sunday morning and then I go to my work, go about sports and go about all the other things I do. And this church thing is just this side thing I do. No, no, the church thing is what sets you up for success for everything else. Now, I'm not saying, well, do you have to go to church to be successful? The point is about going to a building. The point is about, is about, is about hearing the word. The point is about being in his presence. The point is about allowing the Holy Ghost to work within your life. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to work within our life. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives as it pertains to our destiny. The Holy Spirit wants to direct you in your calling. The Holy Spirit wants to direct you in the word. Even right now, as you're going to hear the word, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is resting on you. So as words come out of my mouth, they are going to make sense to you. And you're going to be able to, it's going to correct some things. It's going to perfect some things. It's going to encourage you in some things. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. So church isn't just this side segment of my life. And then I go throughout the rest of my life as everything, as as I would do everything else. No, you, you need the word of God. As your life, because it's going to direct you in things. I'm so grateful that I've had the Word of God poured into my life since I had that encounter in uh, January of 1993. I wasn't in church when I got born again, I was in my sister's living room and had an encounter with God, but it was the word that has directed me through, through challenging times, through uh, anxious times, through victorious times. It's been the Word of God. And, and this is just so strong in me over the last couple of weeks that you need to understand you have a call on your life. Amen. You have a call on your life. Amen. How many people you can say 
since you met Jesus, you had an encounter with God that you cannot deny. You can look back to that encounter and it marked your life. But see, the issue wasn't just about that encounter. That encounter was the beginning of something. So you have that encounter, and all of a sudden, if I go back to the things that I've always done, then what happens is, is I'm still here at that encounter. I can look back, oh, I had that encounter. Oh, well, God touched me back then. I had that encounter. Oh, God moved back then. I had that, I had that encounter. No, the point was, is that encounter was a springboard for your destiny. That encounter was the was the, was the um, the thing where God said, "Hey, I'm real," and your life is so much more important than what you realize. Your life is to speak to generations after you. Our life of faith is more than just about us. That's right. That's good. Yes, sir. My life of faith is about leaving a heritage to my children's children. Yes. My life of faith is about making a mark in the people's lives he's planted me in. You may wonder why, well, why am I, why do I have these relationships or why did God bring these people in, into my life or why did God direct me in this or in that? It was because he wanted that experience so you could release something into someone's life so someone else could know the reality of God. Amen. The, the other day, uh, Annette's dad had, uh, she's over in ministering in preteens this morning. And we were down in South Texas and we got back uh, last night and she went down there to, her dad had surgery and she flew down there and had surgery to take care of him a couple of days. And then I drove down to pick her up and, and we were in Walgreens and, um, you never know where God wants to move. <laughs> See, when you come to the, when you come to the understanding that you are a move of God waiting to happen. See, when you understand your life is bigger than yourself, when you understand there's so much more than the petty things you're focusing on. I, I was standing there and I had this, sh this shirt that said, God first. Just standing there and just waiting. She's, Annette's trying to talk to the pharmacist and this gentleman comes up and he's, he's got this big uh, walkie-talkie thing on so I knew he was a trucker. And, um, and I'm standing there and he looks over and he looks over and he just actually starts crying. I didn't say one word to him. He, he, I can, I can just see he, and he, he goes, your shirt. I go, my shirt. He goes, he goes, there's just something that happened when I saw your shirt. I said, what, what happened? He goes, he goes, something came on me when I saw your shirt. And I said, well, so I went over, I put my hand on his shoulder and he, and he just starts breaking down and he goes, he goes, sir, he said, um, he goes, this morning I was in a head on collision and, um, he was in a 18 wheeler and he showed me pictures of his truck and I mean, his whole front end was messed up and, um, a 19 year old, um, man fell asleep at the wheel at 11 o'clock in the morning and swerved over F-150 going 70 miles an hour, hit him head on. And um, he was, and, and so I, I'm talking to him and, and he said, I, he goes, I, I don't know. He goes, I can't explain it. He was just, I was, he said, I, I got out. He goes, I looked and I was like totally fine. He was like, how can I be totally fine? And he gets out and he says, there was a gentleman there with long hair. And, um, and, he, and, he, and he said, come help me. Now listen, he says, come help me get this man out of the F-150. So he gets the man out of the F-150 and the man in the F-150 is okay. He comes over and, and all of a sudden then the paramedics start coming up and the gentleman goes, where was that guy with the long hair? 
And the witnesses were standing around and said, we were, we were right here. There was nobody with long hair. <laughs> there was no one with long hair. And, and he says, and so I had the opportunity to talk about Jesus and talk about eternity. And he said, I said, do you, do you, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? He goes, he goes, my, 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 my grandma always talked to me about Jesus. He says, but I, I just sense, I just sense in my heart that my life is bigger than what I think. And, you know, and, and things, you don't belittle people in, in anything they do. And he had it in his hand. And, of course, in that, in that area, Catholic is a very big thing. And he, he pulled his rosary out of his, his pocket. And, and he says, yeah, he goes, this, this was my great-grandmother's. And I, I wear this every, I, I hold on this every day. And, but I had the opportunity. I said, well, you know, that's great that if that's a picture of Jesus and gives you a reminder of prayer. But realize that he's just close as you can call his name. And right there in Walgreens, the presence of God is on him. He's in line and he's just, he's just crying because I know my life is so much bigger than myself. Amen. 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 Your life is so much bigger than any drug you could take. Your life is so much bigger than any desire of people around you. His, your life is so much more than to be accepted by people that may not like you anyway. I mean, our life is so much bigger than the things we've made it. You know, there's, a, you know, just living for the weekend. I mean, really, that's the people that, you know, I can't wait, can't, thank God it's Friday. I understand what you mean, trust me. I, under, I totally understand what you mean. I, I get it. But when that idea of thank God it's Friday so you can go back it up in the club is not okay. going to perfect your life. I mean, seriously, it's just, it's not going to bring and establish any sort of peace. And, and I believe people know, know who I, I'm just real. I just am who I am. I have fun. I like sports. I like music. I like all sorts of things. But the thing is, is I can't allow anything else to take up priority over, over him. Yeah, I can say thank God for the weekend because I know I get to worship with like believers. I get to worship and celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I, I, I like the weekend because I know when I get to Sunday morning, there's an, a corporate anointing that can settle in in the house and things can happen in a greater way when we're together than it could happen by ourselves. So that's why we have to come to this place that if we're going to see progression and we're going to see advancement and our highest expectation fulfilled, we have to change our pursuits. One of the things that Dr. Savell said and gave us a warning before that word that 2024 will be a year about progressing, advancing, and seeing our highest expectation fulfilled. The warning he gave us was stay in faith and stay focused and don't be distracted. I mean, we in our society, I mean, we're distracted by everything. Some of you may have missed six points I've already said because, oh man, what are they? Why'd she wear that to church? Man, I didn't like that song. Man, I sure wish they play that song. Man, the music is loud. Man, why did Pastor wear that tie? And by what, why, why do the, why does the pastor here even wear a tie? I see we get so bothered by things that really don't matter. 
And you're missing what God wants to say. You're missing what God wants to do. You know, worship in a church service, or when we talk about the music, because I believe it's all worship. But you know, the, the music part of a service, no one's singing, no one's singing to you. No one's singing to you, so stop your opinions. This ain't about you. This is about him. They, they sang for 40 minutes. What does it matter if we sang for 10 minutes or we sang for an hour and a half? The point is, if he, it's something that's bothering you, then the bottom line is you have stopped making it about the one it's about. He's like, oh man, he sure does preach long. <laughs> well, wait a minute. I... <laughs> you see, there you go with your opinions again. I mean, well, I went to that church and they have, they're out in 65 minutes. I, I sat down with a gentleman years ago and I'm not, this is not to, I do not get on soapbox about church. I believe as a pastor, you need to hear from God and do what God's called you to do as a church. I'm not going to. I'm just saying this guy came in and he goes, well, if you want to be one of the fastest growing churches, you know, 97, the top 100 churches in America, you know, their churches are under 70 minutes. And I said, well, what about the other three? He goes, well, they're African-American churches. They don't count. (laughs) I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) And this is a guru about church growth. And you have so many people that tell you what you should do and how you should do things to grow a church. And they said, well, you know, this church over here, they're, they're, your church's church service on Sunday morning need to be evangelistic. I said, okay. And so I thought about that. I prayed. I asked the Lord about that. And I said, and he goes, where did I say that in scripture? I could maybe kick some other sacred cows over, but I won't. <laughs> See, we have a lot of religious things that we do. I, I, I won't go there. Just ever, I'm talking about just cross, even me. I mean, things that we get so settled in. And I said, where did, did church services on Sunday morning? He goes, Justin, he goes, you are not to model yourself after what I may have told someone else. And he goes, for you, as a pastor, you need to understand your Sunday mornings aren't evangelistic. Although people will get saved and people will be ministered to. And he said this, he goes, Ephesians 4 said, I set gifts in the body. For them do the perfecting of the saints. For them to do the work of the ministry. My role as a pastor is to train you up so you make a mark in your sphere of influence. They also said, well, now, if you really want to grow as a church, make sure you don't do any gifts of the Spirit on a Sunday morning. I was like, no. Uh, Man, I'm... (laughs) But you see, I have to... We have to be obedient to God. I know Dr. Savelle and I know myself, neither one of us have ever gotten into ministry to make a name for ourselves, but to follow him. And I had no clue why I said any of all that. (laughs) You see, because we have to understand our life has significance in this room, in this body but outside these walls. There was six things that I I gave us during our anniversary service because I believe these are the things that we need to do to stay in faith and stay focused and not be distracted. Number one was a deep commitment to God. A life of, number two was a life of worship, prayer, and praise. Number three was devoted to the word of God. Number four, a firm reliance on the Holy Spirit. 
And also all these things that I'm sharing with you are the things that I saw and see in the book of Acts that caused the early church to be successful. Number five, they had a strong devotion to one another, love, unity, and generosity. Number six, they had a compelling desire to see the lost come to Christ. Okay, I'll do that, Lord. They had a strong devotion to one another, love, unity, and generosity. Just for a moment, just for a moment, I want you to all stand to your feet, and I want you to, I want you to talk to one another. I want you to introduce yourself to someone. <laughs> Come on, just, just go. If we're, if we're a church that is filled with love and unity and generosity, hallelujah. Tell them how good it is to meet them today. Hallelujah. You see, you see, the love of God is in this place. And when you see, I, I sense God's presence here because God is love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And so in this season, we, it's so easy for us to be distracted from loving one another because all we have to do, all we have to accomplish, hearts that might be offended and whatever it is. And, and the thing is, is God saying, hey, I want to work within the body. I want to work through the body. Because this is a season to progress. It's a season to advance, to see our highest expectation fulfilled. Thank you, Father. To not be distracted. The word distraction means a thing that prevents something from giving full attention to something else. That was the warning that Darcel gave us. Don't be distracted. Distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Another definition is extreme agitation of mind or emotions. Another definition of distraction is a drawing away or a separation. A drawing away or a separation. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to draw you away. He wants to separate you. He'll try to do it with natural things. He'll try to do it with your failures, your, your mistakes. He'll, he'll try to do it in so many ways. He'll try to divide and separate yeah. from your calling, from people, right. from the church. I, I find it interesting, and I, I've watched different things online. It's amazing how some ministers I see today just it's like they're trying to edify themselves by putting down others. Just that's, that's, not, that's not what we're to do. Amen. I have a call on my life. You have a call on your life. We have a call on us as a church. And it's to teach faith. Amen. Amen. Distractions. Another word that we could use that I want to use is for distraction is being preoccupied. The definition of preoccupied is to be concerned with something else, distracted, giving one's attention elsewhere. Preoccupied. But you and I, we need to be occupied. I, I, I think of I think it's Luke chapter 19, verse 13, Jesus is talking about the coming of the kingdom. 
And he talks about how, how the disciples, it says that they were wanting to know the coming of the kingdom. And, and Jesus comes back. He tells a parable to them. And this is after he talks about the end time, Jesus returning. He talks about the, the, the woman uh, going to the unjust judge. Jesus talks about, hey, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And goes on and talks about two different men praying. You know, one prayed with himself. The other fell down on his knees and, 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 and forgive me. You know, and, and so which one did God answer? And he said the one. The, the man that prayed to God and just cried out to God and, and goes through all these things. We talk about, it goes in and talks about Zacchaeus and said he went to seek and save that which was lost. And then he gets in and he says, he tells them this parable about the kingdom and they were wanting it to come immediately. But he tells a parable and he says, he said there was 10, 10 servants and he gave them 10, 10 minas, money. And, and he talks about, and he says, makes a statement, he goes, occupy until I come. And it goes in and talks about the, the servant, you know, when, and he came back. And so, so the point is not to unpack that entire uh, parable. The point is, is God's placed something on our lives. For them, it was, it represented, it represented in the form of money. But I want you to know the call on your life is more valuable than anything else. Your call upon your life is more valuable than any monetary value. Why? Because the call on your life is about affecting other people, which is the heart of the Father. And he says, occupy until I come. Did you find Third John? <laughs> Third John. Thank you, Father. Verse one says, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Verse two, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, if we know all scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired, right? Then that means this was inspired by God as well. So he says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. God wants you to prosper in all things. He doesn't want you defeated in any area of your life. He wants you to succeed in every area of your life. He desires you to prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Let me read that again. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So if I prosper, meaning I can only prosper according to the way my soul prospers. I pray that you may prosper in all things. That's the prayer. And be in health just as your soul prospers. That means there's gonna have to be some changing in here and changing in here for our soul to prosper, Amen. right? My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. He is for I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. King James says, walkest. Walkest in truth. Walkest is there not so you can sound Elizabethan in the, new, in, the, in the King James. But walkest means it's a continual process, meaning this is continual movement. I'm he that walkest in the truth. I, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walkest in truth. So John is saying, I get great joy when I recognize that my children, the ones that have come after me, are walking in the truth. Now, this word walkest in the King James is the Greek word peripateo, and it means to tread all around. It means to live. It means to follow. It means to be occupied with. It means to follow, now listen to this, as a companion or a votary, 
V-O-T-A-R-Y. It's not a word I use, so I had to look it up. (laughs) Have you lately, how's your votary doing? (laughs) Didn't say voting, votary. But that's what this word walketh. He goes, he goes that my children walketh in truth, that they follow as a companion and a votary. The word votary means one that made a vow of dedication to a religious service. Thank you, Father. Ones that made a vow to a religious service. In our mind, it would be someone that we would call in our mind's eye someone that's a nun or a monk, meaning they're giving their life to this. So So John's saying, I have great joy when I hear that my children are occupied with the truth. I have great joy when I hear my loved ones, the ones that I've had that chance to father in the spirit, so to speak, where they've made a dedication to follow the truth. That's what I I, want to establish with her about the next 10 minutes or so. Is that okay? That we make a decision to follow truth. The enemy is going to lie to you. The enemy wants you to follow his voice. The enemy wants you to follow his promptings. The enemy wants you to follow your flesh. But the thing is, is if, I, if my soul isn't healthy, then my soul is going to direct me and not my spirit. And he says, I get great joy when I hear that my children are walking and they're occupied with the truth. We have to be occupied with the truth. Go to John 8. Are we going to be occupied with the word or are we going to be preoccupied with the world? Let me make that statement again. Are we going to be occupied with the truth or preoccupied by the world? Now, now you see, there's, there's a statement that we hear in society nowadays, and they'll use this statement, oh, well, this is my truth. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Well, this is my truth. Well, w- w- wait a minute. Last thing I, I heard was truth is absolute. If it's truth, it's truth. It doesn't matter on whose truth it is. It may be an opinion, but doesn't make it a truth. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Look at verse 31. Thank you, Father. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him. They believed on him, right? Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. They believed on him. They believed on him. But then he says, if you abide in my word, You are my disciples indeed. Now, I want to make a statement here. Just because you believe on him doesn't mean you're a disciple. Because who he was talking to, they were all, they all believed on him. But just because you have made and been acquainted with Jesus doesn't mean you're a disciple of Jesus. Just because you may have come down to the altar and accepted Jesus into your heart doesn't mean you're really a disciple. See, as Christians, we are not to just be acquainted with Jesus. We're to be disciples of Jesus. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's talking about those that believe on him. I believe everyone in this room, for the most part, believes on him. There's times that I believed on Jesus. I believe that even when, when I wasn't serving God, I believed on Jesus. Yes. 
But that doesn't mean I was disciple. I was being discipled by other things. I was preoccupied with other things. I was preoccupied with success. I was preoccupied with acceptance. I was preoccupied with fear. I was preoccupied with drugs. I was preoccupied. It didn't change the fact that, yeah, I, I, I believe in Jesus. But I had yet to become a disciple of Jesus. So you can know Jesus, sit in church, and still not be a disciple. You know, it's, I know it's a similar thing, but you have to understand, just because you're in the room doesn't mean he has your heart. This, this is about, we're, we're preoccupied with so many things. We have to be occupied with the truth. Yes. And that was the instructions that, that uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord, Moses and the Spirit of the Lord gave, gave Joshua. What do you say? Meditate the word day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. No, there's this, there's this aspect where the word has to become a priority, priority in our lives. It's not just going to happen. The anointing on your life isn't just going to flow freely, but it's just because you had an experience with God one day. No, it's this constant relationship with, with the presence in the word. If you continue said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. The King James says, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples without a doubt. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. If you abide, if you continue, if you continue in this word, if this word becomes a priority, priority in your life, yes, if this word becomes a priority in your life, you'll be my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. Now, if I, if I abide by this word, what I'm just saying here, this is, pay attention. Continuing in the word. Continuing in the word. This scripture reveals to me on whatever I'm following, it's either going to reveal bondage or it's going to reveal freedom. Amen. Whatever I'm continuing in reveals my freedom or my bondage. Because it tells me if I continue in the word, I'll be a disciple indeed and I'll know the truth and the truth is what's gonna make me free. What are you continuing in? If you continue in pornography, then you're never going to experience freedom. If you continue in drug abuse, you'll never experience freedom. If you continue in anger and continue in offense, then you'll never experience freedom because freedom is going to be a result of me continuing in the word. Yes. Amen. It's when I continue in the word. Yes. Amen. Continuing in the word. See, continuing in the word is my way to freedom. It is the way to freedom, the word. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Everything that you will come across in life, there's an answer in this book. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. If you continue in his word, continue. I'll be his disciple indeed. Yes. And I'll know the truth and the truth will make me free. So I have to ask myself right now, am I preoccupied with the world or am I occupied with the word? Thank you, Father. The word has to become a priority in our lives. 
The Word. The Word. It's not just reading. It's not just gaining natural knowledge. Because I, I thought about if I could just if I could just know enough intellectually, if I could just be smart enough up here, if I could just be able to memorize scripture. You know what? I tried memorizing scripture. I'm not good at it. But you, you quote a lot of you know what? I've never really sat down to memorize scripture. Just got into this word. But it's not about head knowledge of the word. It's not about do you know everything inside and out. The question it comes down to of being a disciple is knowing him. Knowing the word is not about gaining knowledge of the words on this paper. Being occupied with the truth is not not being consumed necessarily with all the information in the book. But as, as I get into this book, I'm getting to know him. You know, that's his desire. Go to Hebrews chapter eight. Hebrews eight. Getting the word is not so I can show someone how smart I am and the scriptures I know and no, that's, thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Yeah, I believe it's in John 20. Some of you Bible scholars can help me out. In John 20, he says, he goes, you pour over the scriptures. He goes, you pour over the scriptures backwards and forwards and he goes, but you have to understand, they testify of me. Where is that? Does someone know where that is? I think it's John 20, maybe. He goes, you pour over the scriptures because you think you have life in them. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have life in them, but you have to understand, they testify of me. So the point of getting into the word is not so we can be puffed up with knowledge. We get into the word so we can know his person. We get into the word so we can know his goodness. We can get into his word so we know how awesome he is. We get into his words because we can know that he's faithful in the midst of our mistakes. We get into the word and, and we know that he is true. We get into the word and we know that, that, that the weapons that formed against us won't prosper. We get into the word and we know that he is on my side. We get into the word and, and we know his, that he is my rock and he is my foundation. We get into the word that he says that, that I am a strong tower and the righteousness run in, unto it and are safe. We get into the word because we know that, that we're not going to be perfected by our flesh. But if, if, if we're going to, I think it's Galatians 3, 3, it says, if, if we're going to be perfected by the flesh, it's not going to happen. It's only going to be by the spirit of the Lord. So as we get into this word, it's not about me getting more knowledge to get free from hindrances. No, it's me getting to this word so I know who he is and he's the one that's walking me into freedom. We pour over the scriptures because we think we have life in them, but he goes, but he goes, but they testify me. Getting in the word is about not having a formula two plus two equals four. It's getting to know him. It's getting to know the author. It's getting to know, it's not, it's not just, yes. Yes, we need to know principles. We know, need to know how the kingdom operates. We, we know all those things, but ultimately, those things are speaking to us about the creator. Amen. Amen. Good. Hebrews, I tell you, eight. Verse 10 says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. 
Wow. See, he's talking about the Old Testament. We had, they had 10, 10 commandments written on stone. Verse 10 says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. That's the old covenant, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. You say, oh, well, the Old Testament has passed away and Jesus fulfilled it and all that. No, come on, just. The issue is, Understanding, yeah, the Ten Commandments are now in a new place. They're on our hearts. So because I have the word of God and I have the spirit of God, I'm his, and I will be their God. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Do you know you can know God for yourself? Say it with me. I can know God for myself. I will be their God and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brothers saying, know the Lord for all, all shall know me. Man, that's why we want to introduce people to Jesus so they can know God. Amen. Yes, sir. We're his people. In Deuteronomy, he goes, once we're not a people, but now, they once were not a people, but now they are the people of God. It's Deuteronomy 7. I'm telling you, it's this, comes to the place where we need to be occupied with the word. Because when we're occupied with the word, we come to know him. We come to know him. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Go to 2 Timothy, and I'll close with this. I'm, I just have like a whole other page of other things, but I'm just going to close with this. Mm. 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 1. Let's be occupied with the word. Second Timothy chapter one, verse eight. It says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Wow. Why were you saved? So you could go to heaven one day? No. I'm grateful for heaven. But you were saved. Who was saved? Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Leave here knowing today, whether you feel it or sense it, you have a holy calling. Thank you, Father. Who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but is what? According to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But has now been revealed, this calling was revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Verse 11 says, to which I was pointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. You know what? He didn't say, I know what I believe. He didn't say, I know all the principles. Although he knew principles. He knew the law backwards and forwards. He was like a Pharisee. Counting the law, he was blameless. And here he says, I'm not ashamed, for I know, I know in whom. 
I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I believe. So, so it's not a matter of someone asking you the question, well, what do you believe? That's not really the question. Someone said, well, what do you believe in, Pastor? It's not what I believe in. It's who I believe in. So Paul's success in his life and ministry didn't come down to knowing necessarily a bunch of principles and laws, but it came down to knowing the creator of the principles and the laws. He said, I know in whom I have believed. Now listen, and I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. He goes, "I, I know in whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he... I'm persuaded that he, see, you have a call on your life. Say, I have a call on my life. How is that calling going to be fulfilled? Paul said this, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. You see, it's being fully persuaded And it's committing to him the call. It's not about you trying to fulfill the call. But it's about you committing the call to him. God, I'm committing my life to you. I'm committing the the, the grace of my life. I'm committing the, the people I'm to reach. I'm committing the churches that I'm supposed to plant. I'm committing all that I am to you. I'm I'm committing everything I am. I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded that he is able. He's able. He, Paul's saying, he's able. Paul didn't say, I'm able. Paul said, he's able. He's able. You're not going to fulfill the call on your life on your own. But it's going to come down to being occupied with the word, occupied with the truth. And as you're occupied with the truth, it's about knowing him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed, and I'm fully, fully completely, without a doubt, persuaded that he is able. He's able. He's able. He's able. Well, pastor, I don't know how it's going to happen. He's able. Just give it to him. Pastor, I'm not sure. I I, I can't get away from this. I want you to know he's able. Well, pastor, I can't give that up. I want you to know he's able. Just stay hooked up with him. Just stay in his word. Just stay in the truth. Be occupied with the truth. And as you're occupied with the truth, I'm telling you, you will know in whom you have believed. And you'll be fully, I'm fully persuaded that God is going to accomplish the destiny that's on this church. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm fully persuaded that he is able to complete the things I've committed to him. But the question is, have you committed to him? Father, we thank you for your word today and we thank you for the challenge that it brings. We thank you, Father, for the the grace that's in this place to yield ownership over to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We yield ownership over to you. We surrender to you today. Hallelujah. Where we've tried to do it on our own, where we've tried to do success in ourselves, Lord, from this day forward, we choose to surrender to you. We choose to be occupied with the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we run to the word. Thank you, Father. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the word. Oh, Father, I thank you for the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Oh, Father, where we've been preoccupied with so many things, where we've been burdened down and distracted by so many things. Oh. Lord, we repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And Lord, we repent where we've been preoccupied. 
with all the other things around us. And we make a decision today to bring ourselves under the word, to follow the word, to become a votary, one that is totally gives up in total surrender with all that we are. bring our hearts. We submit ourselves under the mighty hand of God. We repent where we've been trying to do it ourselves. Lord, we repent where we've trying to bring about our own calling. We repent. Lord, we repent where we've tried to go here and everywhere and tried to find acceptance. We bring ourselves under your word. Just as John said, Lord, have all joy that you realize when the children are occupying, walking in the truth. Hmm. Lord, we surrender. And Lord, we know in our surrender, it's not about going without. Laying down one thing, it's not about us forfeiting something. But it's laying one thing down to pick up the needful thing to pick up the most important thing. Founder ministered a couple weeks ago out of Hebrews 12 where it says, laying aside every weight in sin that so easily besets us, looking unto Jesus and looking unto Jesus. Well, we lay aside. We lay aside the things that we've been occupied with. We lay aside the things that have preoccupied us and we've given our attention to. We lay those things aside and we look unto Jesus. We look unto the word. Jesus is the word. Hallelujah. Well, we give you ourselves today. We give you all that we are all that we have, all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, we bring it back under you. I thank you for the great calling upon every individual in this place. Lord, I speak to their callings and I speak to their destinies where, where the enemy has, has mounted a, a, a war against them. I, I believe that in the midst of them, they'll be able to stand up. They'll be able to stand up and they'll say, no more, I refuse I refuse the things that have, have kept me back. And I embrace, I embrace him today. I embrace the word today. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we step into this new year and finish out this year, Lord, I, I thank you that our lives be marked by knowing him, knowing whom we have believed and being fully persuaded. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word today. And I surrender to you all that I am. I repent of all the things I've been preoccupied with. I choose to leave here today and make a decision to be occupied the word. As I do, it will change me. As I do, I'll have encounters 
with God. I'll come to know him in a fresh way. My faith will soar. My focus will be sure. And I will not be distracted from all that God has for me. Because I am progressing. I am advancing. And I will see my highest expectation fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You received that word today?